because every only any woman half naked on the internet I see now is the caption always like know your worth I love my body and here's my butthole right <laughs> be who you want to be yeah. you know and it's it's just not the answer it's really not you're just selling your soul welcome to the all-american savage show podcast with your host John Burke and his far more attractive co-host me now let's get into it that's what your mom said. <laughs> and welcome back to the All American Savage Show. I am your host, John Burke. Happy to have you here on this beautiful, well, it is Friday. Thank God for that. It is. Uh, I totally butchered the opening song. It wasn't even live. Couldn't even hear it. But oh well, we're already here. We're doing this. All right. Radio checks. We good? Check, check. Gotcha. Check, check. We are on the money. What's going on, uh, world? Whoever you are listening to the show today. Appreciate you tuning back in. This is going to be the last episode we do until after we get back from the holidays. So we first want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. If you don't believe in Christmas, I don't care. You're a heathen and you're going to hell anyway, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback on the show yesterday. And uh, Sheila did a phenomenal job. She was, I apologize for the audio because she's very hard to hear sometimes. She speaks very softly. So we've got that mic pretty much halfway down her throat today. So it's going to be much better. Matter of fact, turn the mic towards you this time. Like actually turn it, turn it. No, no, like turn it in. Like this? this there it is. There it is. Get that thing near, next to your mouth. There we go. Oh God. Now it went limp. It went limp. <laughs> All right. How we doing? Is the audio good? Rumble? Perfect. Uh, we got a special guest in the studio today. This is Chris Smith. She's been wanting to come on the show for a while. We've been talking about, uh, you talk about a lot about fitness background. You have a very large fitness following. You work with brands like Flagner Fail, um, Robin Dana Lynn, and then you do uh, various different things out there. You're a mother of two. Uh, why the hell am I explaining this? You're the guest. Student. Yeah, stu oh, student. I'm a student as well, full time. Nice. Uh, where are you going to school at? Southern New Hampshire University. Okay. So I'm going Closer. for a cardiac, Closer. cardiac surgeon. Oh, what wow. I'm studying, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know. Shocker. <laughs> How long is That's school just, for that? Yeah. So I have two more years, and then I will be getting my uh, master's in physician's assistant. And then I will be going to med school for four years. Uh -huh. um, and there you have it. So. That's a, What made you want to pursue that? I, I don't know why, but I feel like I've been called to just work on the people's hearts. Uh -huh. And I love people. We call them prostitutes. But okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that move. Yeah. So, <laughs> you mean like actually? Right. Yeah. So, so you, you, picked, you picked surgeon. I did. Good Lord. Yeah. Have my, you ever done anything remotely like that? No. And but my just, dream okay. was to, always since I was six to be a doctor surgeon. And that's good money. And I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't okay. know what type. But as soon as I started going to school, I said cardiac. How long I, have you been doing this? Um, studying, I mean. So three years now. Okay. So how, how challenging has that been? It's tough, but yeah. I love it. Right now, I'm actually studying psychology. So. Oh, that's part of it? Right. Okay. The, I see that's the one thing I don't like about college is that right. it makes you take a lot of courses that I don't feel relate to a lot of like your major. Because I went for my associate's degree in general arts. <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> fancy. And yet you're having to take like biology and stuff like that. It's like, what does this have to do with a business degree? Right. But I mean, I get the premise behind it. I think a lot of. Um, me personally, I think a lot of college degrees, they put a lot of pork in there that are scam. They just want to make you pay more. Right. But uh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's very incredible. Yeah. 
So good for you. That's exciting. That, I can imagine. <laughs> that could also be very uh, tricky, like very complicated in studying something like that. Very. Yeah. But it's. You're not having any fun. issues with it? No. And you're really? competing yeah. right now. You're getting ready for and a show. I'm prepping for a show yeah, starting January. So yeah. I'll be prepping and I'll be doing the show in May. I'm sure your husband and kids are going to love that. Yeah. He's like, she's in school full time and she's on meal prep. Right. So she's just a raging, wonderful hormonal. mom. Yeah. <laughs> very hormonal. So don't fuck me. No, that's, that's a crazy. <laughs> is your first show? It's my sixth show. Sixth show. And you're going for your pro card? Um, that's, I mean, that's the goal, but we'll see. What are you doing it for then? For, I don't, I just love to be on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the diet. I love the, just. You love the diet. I do. I genuinely So you just love, love chicken and rice. The discipline that I it really takes. I do. Yeah, yeah. I really love the discipline. So. I, I mean, get it. I mean, mm -hmm. I understand that, but even still, it's just like. I don't know. I did one show and then I'm like burned out on chicken and rice for the rest of my life. You can ask her, like, you want to get chicken and rice? Like, uh, not really. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, great show today. Uh, people are congratulating, congratulating us for, uh, yeah, we are engaged. Sheila said yes. Yes. She was making tacos and I hit the name, you know? Yeah. What guy can blame me on that? It was with deer meat. And uh, I was just like, man, your taco is amazing. You want to get married? She's like, sure. That's exactly how it went. I no, it's it. not how it went. I love it. <laughs> I love to hear it. Now, last night we had dinner with her parents to, you know, ask their permission. And uh, it was good. It was a good meal. Good time. Not a big fan of Papa Do's. Why? I just, I, I'm not a big seafood person. Oh. Um, no? No? It's I not love, too well, I love Papa Do's. <laughs> oh, wow. You can get the hell out. <laughs> wow. That's messed up. I okay. Like well, I hope you fail at school. Well, I hope you kill somebody. Oh, my God. Well, anyway. <laughs> I like the fried alligator. You knew what you were getting into when you decided to come on here. You don't even probably like, oh my I God, know. I'm so offended. Well, my husband hates seafood, so I feel you. There we go. It's not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, no, big thank you, Ed. Don't forget to subscribe over on Locals. We appreciate that if you want to support the show financially. Also, make sure you hit the like button and share button. Uh, we're getting into some interesting topics today. Again, we had a lot of great feedback on yesterday's show as far as um, giving relationship advice, not necessarily from me. I think it's more important that women give their, their two cents on this one, especially women with your backgrounds. You're traditionalists. You are uh, your mom of two. Um, you're getting married to the most handsome, you know, amazing dude on the planet. So I'm sure a lot of people want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So yeah, naturally. But no, let's get straight into it. You and I have talked many times before on the fitness industry and how it's become massively sexualized. Right. Let's start with that. It's, it's, there's no other way to say it. it's disgusting mm -hmm. <laughs> and it sucks. Um, Do you feel like it puts a lot of pressure on people like you because you does. have a lot of other women that in the name of fitness are showing pretty much bare ass everything. It really does. And before I used to think, oh, well, I'm not one of those to show my ass just for my <clears> morals <throat> and my standards. I'm mm -hmm. never one to just do something just to get attention and to get likes and follows. Mm -hmm. um, in the fitness industry, I don't, it's just tough. Um, nowadays you have to, not you have to, but I never did and look how far I got without yeah. showing my ass and tits. But mm -hmm. It's just degrading um, as a woman mm -hmm. that has the standards. It's just embarrassing. Um, Do you feel like it makes it harder for you, though? In what way? Like As far as like being in competition with people that have massive followings that have course. clearly hypersexualized themselves for the sake of gaining that following. Of course, mm -hmm. because it's so it's what society it's trending. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women are like, oh, I would rather follow her because she knows her worth and she's you know, she's showing her body. She must be so proud rather than Chris Smith. who's covered up and mm -hmm. cool. You go to the gym, but I don't know. I look deeper into it and you are what you represent. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, embarrassing, but 
yeah, it does suck for me. And with your modeling background, what have you seen in regards to that as far as like, do you feel like on some of these shoots, you feel pressure to kind of, because you've talked to me about a yeah. few things. I think that you can very quickly get put into a category where... I'm going to hold this first. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, turn it all the way. Let's see if it screws turn it in. all the way? Yeah, yeah. Like Other, well, try. See if it works. Oh, my goodness. Is it not working? I don't think that's I'm going to fire Josh. Oh, my God, okay. Josh. This is the most loose. unprofessional podcast. No Should kidding. I be turning this? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I see. Pull it towards you, though. No, the whole, the whole stand. The whole, whole stand. Thing? There you okay. go. Yeah, there you go. It's not sturdy. I'm afraid it's going to hit me. Um, Just hold the mic, then. <laughs> Just hold the mic. <laughs> I have seen that you can easily get put into a category where if you start to show skin, they're going to start asking you to show more and more, and they're going to see what they can get away with. So even if you're like, okay, well, I'm fit, so I'm going to start doing swim, the swimwear can very quickly go from a one-piece to a cheeky one-piece to a bikini, micro-bikini, and then they want you to do lingerie. So you really just have to have very strong boundaries, talk to the photographer, be like, I'm not interested in doing this type of work mm -hmm. um, and then just stick to your guns. I mean, there's been times that I've had to call out like a producer and a videographer. Um, I was like in a music video and um, we already negotiated. Were you getting jiggy with it? No. You were getting we jiggy were, with you, weren't you? It was like a, a reggaeton, <laughs> it was a reggaeton situation. But I had El whore! So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so we already talked about wardrobe and we already talked about like what I was going to do, but it was a, there were so many extra people there. So that can put a lot of pressure, especially as like extras and other models or just extras extra, in the background, just like entourage okay. type thing. And so I felt like it was more difficult at that time for me to kind of stand my ground because there was a lot more people there and there were mainly men. So I just pulled the, I pulled them aside. I was like, I need to talk to you outside. And then I just felt more comfortable not being in that space. Yeah. And I was like, we've already talked about this. I will leave the next time you ask me to do something that are not on my terms. So. Somebody in the chat actually made a really good point. He said from a one piece to a no piece to a side piece. Okay. It seemed no, it yeah, seems like very yeah. common. It uh -huh. seems like what they, a lot of these guys are going to see what they can get away with as far as pushing you to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Prior to this, you know, I was in the fitness industry for a while there from like 2015 until, man, I don't even know. It just, I got burned out with it because I saw that happening too. It went from like my, my biggest thing was like, do you remember Greg Plitt? No. Greg Plitt is probably one of the most, was one of the most motivational types. His motivational speeches would just give you goosebumps. Like this guy did not give a damn. He was so motivated. Um, army background. He was hit by a train. Some people think it was suicide. He had a lot of demons, unfortunately. But Greg Plitt represented a side of the fitness industry that was so focused on actual motivation, health, taking care of yourself, and he never competed. He was on more magazines than any fitness model ever. But if you go look up, and to the audience that's never heard of him, go look up Greg Plitt Motivation. And I'm telling you right now, if you listen to one of his speeches and you don't feel yourself like ready to go out there and throw punch a donkey, then you just don't have any feelings. But this guy was incredible. But it felt like once Greg Plitt had left the scene and then the Olympia really started gaining more traction. Like if you've been to the Olympia in Vegas, I've been there like two or three times. And it used to be very focused on fitness. And now it's turned very, very sexual. Like the booth girls, especially that go out there, they're in really skimpy clothing. You can tell it has nothing to do with fitness. I even went to the Body Power Expo in England. And over there, people are walking around damn near butt naked trying to get sponsors. Like dudes are like just ripped and shredded women too. And they were in like next to nothing trying to get sponsors. And right. it's just like, dude, this is like reeks of desperation. Right. 
And people just don't care anymore about fitness. It's more about who am I representing, right. who am I sponsored by, and how many trophies do I have from these shows? And it seems like everybody's lost focus of actually being happy and healthy. Right. They're so. trying to validate why they're happy. Mm-hmm. And they're not. No. They're trying to mm-hmm. fulfill something that's never going to be fulfilled because you're constantly just putting yourself out there and letting everybody know, hey, I'm easy. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. I wonder what like the effects of like social media on the psyche are going to be in the long term. I'm sure they're already doing studies. We've had right. Facebook for like 15, 20 years. Instagram really took off. I want to say in like 2010, 2011, people were leaving Facebook to go to Instagram. And now Instagram has become, I mean, as a guy, you scroll even on your for you feed or like random stuff. And there's like half naked women everywhere. And Is so it your for you feed based off of like what you in some situations, yes, yeah. because when I do see Tango, but you know, I have a lot of fitness friends right. too. So it kind of populates everything. Mm-hmm. And so you get the good with the bad, unfortunately. Right. But then there's a lot of these women out there. And let's not even make it. There's men out there that pretty much do the same right. thing. It's like mm-hmm. they have very little of the imagine. It's like, oh, look at me. Great I've got my six pants. pack right. with yeah. a sheet over my junk. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not sexualizing myself. I'm, I do this all the time. Right. Whore. But anyway. Right. <laughs> Can't change a tire for live them, but can show their body. And Where, that, I'm glad you said that. Thing. In today's day and age, on social media, and it seems like it's taken such a prominent <clears throat> impact on people's lives. Like, that's the most important thing. But it does feel like men, by and large, can't change a tire anymore. Like drive stick. I mean, that, yeah, you know, depends on where you're from. I think they can't be men. They wouldn't, I don't know. So what is a man to you? Let's start it. Let's start with that. What does being a man mean to you? A leader mm-hmm. in all aspects. I mean, I don't, I mean, there's so much. No, no, go ahead. You got, we got, we got time to protect, to guide, to, to mold the family in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. the provider, how does that provide to, or how does that appeal or appeal? Jesus, how does that apply to you though? Because I think most feminists, when they would hear something like that, right. like to mold, to guide, I think they would instinctively just say, what, so you're not as smart as him? You can't do your own thing? No, ma'am. I'm just a servant. I serve him mm-hmm. as he serves me in mm-hmm. that sense. He serves me by providing, loving, I mean, building, I mean, taking care of me. Mm-hmm. And I serve him as well. Cooking, cleaning, um, you know, just being that nurture, being mm-hmm. that home for him. Mm-hmm. Right, because you mentioned yesterday, you know that Sheila makes a house a home. She does, yeah. And that's and the most amazing deer tacos that even got me proposed. I'm just gonna say, but a lot of women are losing their femininity because they want to be bad bitch or um, providers themselves. We don't cuss on this show. I'm sorry. I'm totally fucking with you. (laughs) (laughs) I do that to everybody. Whoa, (laughs) which is great. But you can be you can be beautiful and elegant and modest. um, But no, people are women are just losing that. but yeah, a man is supposed to provide and to love and to build and to, so. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that, um, I saw a tweet yesterday. It was one of these tweets of like, you know, retweet who you're, who the most beautiful actress is of all time. And instinctively my mind automatically goes to Audrey Hepburn. Really? The reason I love Audrey Hepburn so much was because she brought class. You watch her movies. Number one, she was very talented, a very talented actress, very beautiful. But I think when you put a side by side of, say, Marilyn Monroe to an Audrey Hepburn, you've got sex right. appeal. And then you've got I would do her, but I would marry her because right. she's the one that I could I could see myself starting a home with. And I feel like in today's day and age, everything is, oh, she's hot. Matter right. of fact, we were talking about that last night. Like, what do you find is a bigger compliment for a man to call a woman hot or beautiful? Beautiful. <clears throat> right. Gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. Yeah. Why not hot? It's just so trash. Is yeah. it not? Like, oh, I she's mean, hot. 
Yeah. To your other dudes, yes. Guys to other guys, it's like, oh man, she's hot. Right. But, but to her, it's be like, and well, yeah, I take that back because I think the way you talk about people when they're not in front of you says a lot about you. So I, I should probably work on that as far as like, you know, I think like, yeah, she's very beautiful. So, but yeah, to call a woman hot, it just feels like that's degrading in a sense. It's like sexually objectifying her versus like, you're very beautiful. Right. Like on a first date, I would never tell a woman like, you're hot. Right. Presentation <laughs> is everything. Mm-hmm. So if you come off like that at all, it's like, okay, boundaries, like mm-hmm. that's a no for me. Mm-hmm. Y'all so. are kind of like a, <clears throat> a class that's going extinct because it feels like more and more women are doing OnlyFans. Right. They are sexualizing themselves for attention. And I'm not saying it's just women. We're talking about women right now, though. And it seems like traditionalist women, they see these men that are watching how these women are on social media and thinking that's how all women are. Mm-hmm. And then they come to like a traditionalist woman and it's like they're just completely turned off. It's like, you're not what I'm looking for. Right. I think there's going to be a reawakening of more people wanting to go back to traditional uh, relationships. And then if you can see you know, just by attire and seeing how people dress, I think that people are going to try to go a little bit more modest. I think we're seeing more in the gym. Um, yes, we have the very provocative, but I'm seeing like people starting to wear bigger t-shirts right. as like a protest, if you will, mm-hmm. that you don't have to dress like that at the gym. The gym is a very interesting place because number one, you're working out all your hormones and everything's pumping. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where a lot of guys go. Number one, let me just ask this. Should a guy ever try and pick up a woman at a gym? Don't no. talk to me at the gym. Yeah, no? that's how I feel. No. So, but let me let me pitch this one yeah. to you then. Um, if that guy is interested in you and he's like, he has noble intentions, how else would he contact you? How else would he try and ask you out? If I'm walking, <clears throat> I mean, I'd say if I'm walking out of the gym, he sees me outside. Like, okay, so outside the gym's okay. Right. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm done with my workout. Yeah. Okay. It's not mid lift, you know. Okay. Right. It's just disrespectful. Like okay. you're there for yourself. Right. So after the gym. And then it Catch her in the parking lot, especially at night. I don't know. No, I'm totally kidding. Don't do that. If you reject (laughs) them, it's weird. You know, when you go back, you're like, I'm going to see this person. Mm. And then you kind of even, I've even thought about switching gyms because of rejecting people and you just want to be there to train. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. they end up calling you names that you're like, what? Because I was stuck up, you know. You can say it, bitch. bitch. Yeah. Because I rejected you. So now I'm stuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got rejected at a gym one time. I'd, I'd asked this one lady out and I was professionally like, hey, I, you know, I, I would love to see if you'd like to have a cup of coffee sometimes because I'm actually seeing somebody say, oh, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Right. No, no ill will, no animosity, nothing weird. No, we'd see each other every so often. It wasn't awkward at all. But I think some people don't know how to take no for an answer mm-hmm. and they will try and keep pushing that boundary to see eventually is like, will she eventually cave? Because society nowadays, I mean, women do. Look at, I mean, look at social media. They'll yeah. show anything. Mm-hmm. So, hey, well, maybe she will, you know, say yes in time. Maybe I'll wear, a, you know, sleeveless top or whatever. Those tank tops that show your nipples or whatever. <laughs> She'll think the I'm stringer hot. Tees. Flex. You mean women know. don't like that? They don't like when dudes have their nipples out in the stringer tees? Yeah, the stringer no. things? No? I mean, no, oh, okay. I don't. So. What's one of the biggest appeals that your husband has to you? Like, wh- what, what drew you to your husband? Tell us a story here. How, let's go back. I'm sorry. How did you two meet? Okay. And let's tell us a story there. Social media. I DM'd him. Oh. Right. You slid into them DMs. I did. I knew what I wanted. That a boy. That a boy. I was 24. I knew what I wanted. And I said, that's, I mean, I wanted someone, I mean, not, I'm pretty biased. I mm-hmm. wanted someone white with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And racist. Mm, right. That's so racist. Please. We all have our types. Yeah. So I, I um, searched Dustin because it was like, it's a white name. I mean, come on. So 
found him, I said, Lord, he's hot. So I DM'd him and um, I asked, you know, where he lived. He asked where I lived. I said, California. He said, Texas. And um, we then chatted. He got my number and he asked me, you know, all the personal questions. I asked him personal questions myself and we clicked that weekend. It was Monday. That weekend, Friday, I picked him up at LAX and we so he flew out to together. you. He did. He wanted to meet me. That's that's interesting because I have seen to where uh, a lot of women are saying if they're if you're far apart, should the guy come to you first or should you go to the guy first? The guy should always come to you. The guy should go to you. I think it depends on the situation. I don't like to date in my city. Um, <laughs> that's just how I am. So I would. Why is that? People are nosy and I like privacy, privacy over everything. I feel like it protects everything and I want to really just be able to enjoy myself, (coughs) focus on the person and I would rather experience a new location with the person. Of course, I'm going to like vet them and see that it's safe. Yeah, but there's only so much you can do as far as vetting somebody because I mean, some people, it's not like they're going to have the red flags just hanging out left and right. I mean, it would be a very short trip and Mm. I'm the type of person I always have an escape plan, so... Yeah. If I don't like it, I mean, I would have my own like hotel or whatever. I mean, I've never done that. But if this hypothetical situation happened, I would make sure that I had like a safety plan or something if I needed to get. How out. long would you say before you'd fly out to meet him? Um, I really think it depends on the person, but I would say at least like, I don't know, like two months. I don't okay. Know. No, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. No, I mean, <laughs> I at least. psychotic. <laughs> no, no, no. It makes sense. Both of both. Yeah. Both points do make sense because I've had actually I've had women fly out to meet me, too. Mm-hmm. But it was like, look, here's your hotel. You know, you can you can take care of your own cars. Like, but I've booked your hotel here. You don't okay, have to stay cool. with me. Mm-hmm. That's different. Like, I feel like to me, it's like I don't want you to feel pressured. But a lot of it was due to my work schedules. Like, I don't have time. It's like, But if you want to come here, here's where you can stay and I'll pick you up. I'll take you out. I'll show you the town. Um, and I felt like that was one of those things of make her feel safe and make her feel like she's not reliant upon you for transportation or anything. Mm-hmm. So right. that way, if she's like, this guy's weird, I'm out. Right. She has yeah. a backup or a fallback plan. So, right. well, continue on with your story. So, um, you DM'd him. He flew went, out. Right. We met. I picked him up from LAX. We spent the weekend in Pasadena. Um, and then that next weekend, I had a show. So I asked him to come to my show. He flew back out. And then I said, I cannot live without you. He felt the same. And I moved. I quit my job, quit school, moved to Texas. Wait, how long was this period of time? Two weeks. Wow. And you knew. I knew. And you're coming up on your seventh year anniversary. Yes, sir. In April. How did you know? We talked, we went into depth of what I wanted and what he wanted when he flew down. Mm -hmm. And man, the man is traditional. He's very traditional. He was raised with his mom serving and his dad providing. And that's what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. how were you raised? Uh, I don't have a dad. My mother left when I was um, five. She came back into my life at 10. I was abused. So I don't know what a, I didn't know at the time what a real family looked like, Mm -hmm. but I knew that that's what I wanted growing up. What do you think influenced you into wanting that when you never had that example? Because me, I came broken household. She had both of her parents. So she was given that archetype type of man, woman. You didn't, you didn't even have your mom there either. So where do you think you got that from? I wanted a father. Mm -hmm. I wanted a mother. You know, I wanted you would see these movies and um, these shows of just the dad, father, daughter dance and the mom, you know, you running into her arms and she's always going to be there to have those little talks. So, I mean, as a little girl, you dream of that. Mm -hmm. And um, as I got older, I wanted that. And I said, I'm setting standards and boundaries and I'm, that's what I'm going for when I get older. You don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 
I'll be 32. Okay. December 31st. Now, the reason I ask that is I feel like uh, the way we were all raised, y'all are, y'all, I'm a little bit, a little bit older than all of you, (laughs) but it does make me wonder though, with younger generations, if that's what they're also being taught to appreciate, is that what they're wanting when they're little girls or is the example being given now via social media, a multimedia movie, all these things, it doesn't seem like that example is really prevalent in our society anymore. No, there wasn't social media back then when I was, I mean, there was like MySpace. But I mean, <laughs> nothing to influence me to be like, oh, maybe I should get an OnlyFans now. Yeah. You know? And there's so many broken families now. Mm-hmm. You don't hear the father and mother together married 30 years. Yeah. So. Well, hers yeah. are. They've, they've been married. Like how long now? 40? So yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they, they make a very Over unique couple. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I love that. But yeah. um, but as women now are getting older, girls are getting older. They're taught to just show their bodies as, you know being superior and independent. You talked about like, there's going to be a shift and I agree Mm -hmm. with that. It does feel like on social media that a lot of women are starting to say like, I kind of think I actually do want traditionalism because the biggest thing I think a lot of feminists harp on is the idea of a woman should be able to have a career. And I agree with that. It's Mm -hmm. like, if you want to have a career, that's completely, that makes sense to me. But I also feel like if you want a career and you want to be a progressive woman, don't expect to find a traditional man because a traditional man. And I think this is why traditionalism gets a bad rap. When a man, a traditionalist man says like, look, I do want children. I want a family. That's going to require you being the mother, staying home, raising the children. But I think when people hear that, they just think of like that man's trying to put that woman under his thumb, treat her like a doormat. It's like, I think people utilize the worst examples possible to use that as the example. Like this is what traditionalism is. It's like, that's actually not what traditionalism is. Right. So how does that, how do you feel about that with, cause you're a stay at home mom, right. you're doing college online. Right. How do you feel about that? I agree with what you just said. Um, it giving men such a bad rep, to be honest, uh, that they are just controlling mm-hmm. is like the main thing is all I hear. Oh, controlling. So funny story too. I, even nowadays I go to a get together and I serve my husband first mm-hmm. before my, before my kids, before myself. And it's so rare that. It's it's being just degrade, I guess, degrading. And they look at him bad, right? Yeah. They're like, you know, why would she do that for him? Like, he must be, like, controlling. And But that's not the case. But, um, no, I, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. So. You have that in your household, too, right? Your mom yeah, serves your father. <coughs> it's just... Yeah. It's just in my nature, I guess, as mm-hmm. a woman, what I want, right? We choose to be the woman that we want to be, not what society says or what you were raised with. And that's, I hate the pity party of, oh, I've been through this. So, you know, that's why I think the way I do. No, you choose who you want to be. You choose the woman you want to be. You choose the marriage that you want. So stop with the pity party. Okay. That's very, very yeah. passionate about that. Interesting. Let's go more into that though. So yeah, there's a lot of people. It seems like yeah, I'm going to piss off a lot of people. <laughs> dude. I don't care. It's, you know, it's a savage show. Um, it does seem like everybody and their mom's got some kind of disability now. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a, a, a sign of, Look at how bad the world has treated me. Feel sorry for me. But in reality, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, right. yeah, your life sucks. Deal with it. Like so the rest of our lives have sucked too. Right. But it does seem like people utilize that as a sort of excuse they can make for themselves by exemplifying shitty behavior. It's like, well, I was mistreated as a child. It's like, right. yeah, but you eventually become an adult. You know better. And you're still choosing to do this. I mean, you, you and I talked about the idea of... Um, <clears throat> God, what was it we were talking about last night as far as like changing, as far as, you know, if you, how do we phrase, how, if you, you brought it up. Um, Remember what I'm talking about? No. 
Oh, I know we were on the way to Papados. Yeah, I think you were probably but really excited like, about seafood. Yeah, no, it's our job <laughs> like to like get through. Everyone has their own struggles, but yeah. you shouldn't like bleed on people that didn't cut you, right? Yeah. So it's your job um, to do that inner work, do the healing. That's it. I'm sorry, it was yesterday's right. podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. That's move it. Past that yeah, I like how you forward. said that. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't keep reliving the worst parts right. of your life. You're going to be stuck in this weird time loop. Um, you wouldn't watch the worst movie over and over and over again. I think some people get so caught up in the worst memories because they haven't really learned how to work through it. Right. Um, so if you just keep replaying that bad story, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna create your reality around you. And there's certain triggers that trigger you know your past. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, every time I see a dad and a and a daughter, or I watch my husband and my daughter together, mm-hmm. it it kill it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. It hurts, but it's beautiful yeah. because it's what I wanted. So I don't feel bad for anybody that is hurting and that has been through because I've been through worse as well. We all go through our struggles. But if you freaking stay there and live there, then that's on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're never going to find Mr. Traditional and Mr. Amazing if you're not who he wants. And I always said, and I have always said, be the woman who you're looking for is looking for. And vice versa. Be the man who you're looking for is looking for. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. You're dating prior to your husband. How much of that did you do? Oh, so I always have. Here like we go. This, Let's know, do right? this. I want to hear all about it. Boyfriends. <laughs> the longest I've had was a year. And then I, I had this thing about me. I said, I'll give him six months. And if I don't like him, dump him. Six months. I don't know what it was about six months, yeah. but I found out a lot in six months. Mm. And there was so many red flags. And I've always been told that I had too high of standards. I was too picky. Mm-hmm. My mom even told me to lower my standards that I was way too picky, that I'm never going to find what I'm looking for. Really? It's just not in. What, what are some of your standards? A man, a real man that wants. <laughs> you know, you laugh, but even today's day and age, it's like, no, I just yeah. want a man with a penis. That's it. Right? The penis and a pulse. That's a it. A gentleman as well. Yeah. It's very hard to well, find. Well, we talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. So when you think gentleman, describe that for me. Pulls out my <clears> chair. I mean, very... Very, uh, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, the way he does treat the waitresses and the waiters mm-hmm. says a lot. Um, opens my door. It's those little things that make such a big difference. Really? Especially on the first date. Oh, yeah. Because then you know, okay, he has standards. He has yeah. value. He has worth. Did you, has either of you ever been on a date where the guy didn't act like that? Like didn't pull out the chair, didn't open oh the door? Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I've been on a date where someone didn't check all the boxes, but... I just like I'm super observant, so I'm not going to automatically be like, okay, this is ending the date, but just makes you more aware of who they are. Mm -hmm. It shows like a sincere lack of self-awareness, a lack of Mm -hmm. care. Yeah. A lot of people aren't taught that growing up now. Mm -hmm. So it's like a dying art. So I do think it is a man's responsibility to learn this. Right. Problem is with so many broken households out Mm -hmm. there, where are they supposed to learn this from? YouTube, University of YouTube. Right. (laughs) That is true. There's so many. There's books. But do you think that resonates with people these days? Is that as far as like, how do you know if something's wrong if it's never been brought to your attention? Etiquette classes. There's a lot. There's a lot of options. It might seem like. Did you ever do any of that etiquette classes? Um, no. Uh, I did like a tea party one. But <coughs> I think it was just like a birthday party situation. I was very young, but mm-hmm. 
ever since I was younger, my mom always drilled in like posture, how you walk into a room, right. how you like command presence, um, demeanor. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Yeah. Cause you, you know, your body language will introduce you before you get a chance. Right. To. Name me some things starting with you. Then we'll mm-hmm. go to you as far as body posture and presence of a man, things that you look for and you respect. Uh, definitely posture. I can see like strong men that have like amazing careers, but they like hunch over and I'm just like, either something is weighing on you, like the weight of the world, right? Right. Or you need to sit up straight. It just, I feel like that can just be a little off putting. Mm -hmm. Um, you look stronger, you look more capable, you look more confident. confident. Same. Same. Oh yeah. Same. And the way, I don't know if you noticed it, the way my husband shakes another man's hand. We talked about that yesterday. Oh yeah. So what is, what does that entail? Very strong. I mean, cause he's a strong man mm-hmm. and he's very observant as well. Someone that's not loud too. Mm-hmm. There's so many men that are so loud nowadays that they have mm-hmm. something to prove. Mm. Right. You can there's be a lot, there's a lot that outgoing. goes into that statement. You just said, as far as a lot to prove, that's why I feel like a lot of people should wait until they're older to get married. Because at this point in my life, the way I feel is I have nothing to prove. The only one I have to prove anything to is myself. Right. And I have become a little lazy in that aspect because I've accomplished a lot. And it's like, okay, what's the next goal? What's the next accomplishment? I'm still kind of searching for that. But you're aware of that. So. Yeah, but I, I do feel like a lot of these young men, I, I think, speaking as a man, mm-hmm. um, I feel like for me, the army, is it, it provided that for me. It was, it was the rite of passage. It was the proving under fire. You can't, you can't, you can't top that. Like, there's no way to top that. It's like you've actually been in the worst situation. So I've, I've, I've lived with that validity. So when people try and question your accomplishments, like I don't give a damn about proving myself to you. I prove myself to myself. But I feel like with a lot of younger men that don't have those abilities to go fight in these illegal wars for oil, (laughs) I did it. I can say that. It's like saying I'm not racist. I have a black friend. I can say that. But I feel like where do young men get that now? Where can young men go? And what can they do to kind of like prove to themselves they're a man? Uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote this really good book. If you've never read it, it's called, um, excuse me, Gates of Fire. And it's required reading in the military, especially in the officer corps. And it talks about a a fictional approach to the nonfiction um, event of the Battle of Thermopylae, the 300 Spartans, yada, yada, yada. It's a little slow at first, but in the book... Um, he, he, he describes a scenario where the young Spartan goes to the Agogi, which is their version of basic training. It was really, really brutal. They went from like age six to 18. But when you graduate, you're given your shield and your scarlet cloak. And that was, you're a man now, and you're going to fight like a man. And that was the rite of passage. Where do young men get that from now? There's, I mean, there's podcasts. There's no, I'm talking about like, what, what can they do to go out there and try and, and prove to themselves they're a man? That would also reflect on society. And a woman could see that and be like, yeah, that that's impressive. Like, what are men supposed to do? Learn. I mean, read. Read? You know. So you think education? How to change a tire. There's there's okay. one to start off with. There's so not an actual. Life skills. Right. I think. Um, Go into that. Acquiring different life <clears throat> skills that are essential for not just um, yourself, but your, your future partner. You want to set yourself up for success. Um, I would say start thinking yourself. Thinking of yourself as a husband now before you are a husband. Right. You should start preparing and learning. I like that. Think, start um, thinking of yourself as a husband now. Okay. And um, I gathering these skill sets. So even as simple as like hanging something. Right. right? You don't want to have to always call TaskRabbit if you need something. I hate hanging I stuff. Oh, my but God. It's a, but you, can, you can, do basic hanging. I know, but though. I hate doing it. And right. I, I will die on this. As long <laughs> women will always need men. As long as pickle jars exist, 
because y'all can't open them things for to save your life. They have a little device now, that little rubber Shut up. Thing. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. That's like, that's the only thing we have going for us now. It's the only reason women need men anymore. It's just like, I need your seed and then open this pickle jar. That's literally it. But you talked about life skills. What else? And if you, if you see it, if you hear, yeah. jump in on that. Yeah, money management. Money management. We go. talked about that yesterday. How big is that with you? Big. Are you the money manager or is him? He is. He is? Really? Yeah, because he is the provider. Oh, okay. my, my job is to take care of the home. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how he was right. Did y'all have these types of discussions before you said I do? Or was it, and you can be honest, or was it one of those that we're going to learn this as we go? Because you got married when you were how old? 25. So still pretty young. So the minute I... When you know that someone Pull it is, closer. sorry, when you know that someone's traditional and you want, you made it clear that I want to raise the kids, I want to stay home, you know, I want to be, I want to serve you. Mm-hmm. And he was a provider, he is a provider. So I don't know, when you know that and you guys are both clear on that, let him lead, mm-hmm. let him figure out, okay, how we're going to. But you letting him, that's, that's a key right there. We talked about this yesterday. Right. But he also has to prove himself that he's worthy of you allowing him to lead you. Of course. What does that entail? What are things that made you comfortable with him leading you? What were some green flags? Um, <clears throat> you know, Lay the were, pipe like Mario. Oh, my God. <laughs> there were times we didn't have. If he's um, watching right now, high five yourself, buddy. Right. I got pregnant six months in. So okay. we. Was it planned or? It wasn't. It was. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um. Because y'all both already wanted kids. Yes. Okay. We wa- yeah. Made that clear. Okay. So financially we weren't ready, but it happened and he knew exactly what to, he would work all day. Mm. To, and we lived in a trailer for six months. Mm-hmm. So, and we Been were, there. right. So it was, it was hard, but he knew that he had to do what he had to do to provide mm-hmm. no matter what. So, so he showed you that he was worthy of being the leader by going out there and actually working and providing. Yes. Okay. And then it's the little things like mannerism. Um, he would never let me um, walk close to the sh- to the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's those things that I was like, I yeah. feel safe. Like he's very observant, so he looked around. You know, he likes to s- he likes to sit towards the door, so mm-hmm. he knows who's coming in. It's those things that made me feel safe. And mm-hmm. um, he was prior military as well, mm-hmm. army. Attaboy. So, yeah, it's those things that make a man a man is to take lead. And yeah. So. Did you know each other when he was still in the army or was he already out by the time you two got together? He was out. Good for you. He was out. That's a hard life. I made that That clear. is a hard. Oh, you, really? That was yeah. a prereq? I was like, are you out? Because if you are, I, it, we're all good to go. But Wait, so in, did you have a it. past with dating other de- other dudes in the military? I had one. How'd that go? <sighs> Uh-huh. It sucked because he was like, "I'm leaving," and I was like, "Okay, well, I can't do this anymore." So, did you did you ever date a vet or a military guy that was still in? Uh, not in. Not no, in. not in. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, clearly. I mean, clearly not in anymore. But yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. talking about you, but oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's because that that's a hard life. That is a very hard life. Right. That I feel like a lot of women that have never experienced that before. When you are in the military community. Your dude's gone all the time. And then you're, you know, when he's coming back from deployment, you're probably getting knocked up because you two are like bumping boots like rabbits. It's going to happen unless you're like snipped or whatever. But a lot of these women, not there's anything wrong with it though, but they'll have like two or three kids and then he's gone for a year and you're on your own. That's got to be insanely difficult. That's why so many divorces happen in the military because like a lot of people, they can't handle that lifestyle. It's difficult. I knew I couldn't handle it. So I was definitely aware of I'm needy and I want someone with me. So... Mm -hmm. You told him that right off the bat. It's like, I'm yes. needy. 
I am yeah. a needy person. What is needy? <laughs> what were you, were you about to say you too? I think I require a lot of affection yes. and love. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me like flourish and be the person that I need to be. Okay. So, and I give a lot as well. So that's your love language. Yeah. So yeah. Do y'all believe in love languages? Oh yes. It's changed my marriage. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Before I had no idea. How so? Um, so I wasn't raised as I was, a, I wasn't raised well. Um, I wasn't aware of so much affection at all. I was never being told I love you. I was mm-hmm. never like, give me hugs, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's what he was raised with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not, affect- now that now I am, I'm uh-huh. affectionate and touchy with him because that's his love language. Yeah. And mine is, um, words of affirmation and gifts. I love gifts. I love surprises. You're a woman. All women love I gifts. Love I don't surprises. think I've ever met a oh woman that didn't like gifts. Like, no, I don't want jewelry. <laughs> no, just give me a kiss. It's like, oh my God, I would no. marry you today. I love no, it. So no, we, I totally get yeah, that. We made that clear. That changed our marriage. So what kind of gifts? I want this both of you. What kind of gifts do you like receiving? That's the little things for me, like okay. a letter. Okay. Um, like a handwritten letter? Yes, or like... Or like one of those cut copy things from like a terrorist note. It's like, I'm going <laughs> to like I'm gonna do this to you tonight, man. Oh God. I mean, <laughs> it's I like mind cut that out letters like I'm going to slam you like a... Yeah. Right? That's cool too. But <laughs> <laughs> He's at home right now like cutting up a Vogue. I'm right? like, oh my God, she's getting it tonight. It's just those little things, those yeah. little gifts. Um, I'm not much of a... I love nice things, mm-hmm. but if you, were, if you were to write me a letter rather than get me a Gucci purse, mm-hmm. my gosh, I would love that. Really? So. What about you? Gucci um, purse? Mm, I'm not really like a brand <laughs> like that. No, you're not. Thank luxury, God. I, I will say that, yeah. Um, fashion is kind of overrated. They just got squeeze money out of you. Mm. I mean, I like quality. I yeah. definitely mm-hmm. want a quality product that's going to last me over the years. Because if you don't invest in certain things, then you're just going to be replacing that item over and over. So in the long run, you're, you're going to end up spending that money regardless. But you also like gold. I would rather have jewelry. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. that honestly, at like least you're honest person. in that. Yeah. But <clears throat> I also, I think one of my favorite gifts is like when you're at the store and you bring me back something yeah. that I like. And you're like, mm-hmm. I was thinking of you. Like just to know that my partner is. I love that. I love it when you do that for me too. I'm not yeah. going to lie. When you say, oh, I got this for you. I got a surprise for you when I come home. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It just makes you feel it does. nice, like right. bubbly. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like men as opposed to women, men don't get a lot of gifts. We don't. No. It's not, it's not in the love language normally, but it's kind of like when women do that for men, I mean, maybe it's in a different way. Like Let's when she, yeah. when she wants to cook, it's like, I view that as like, hell yeah. Cause she's an amazing cook. And I appreciate that. Like, I think you have to be single for a long period of time to really appreciate a woman that can actually cook. Cause when she does, oh, it changes everything. It changes everything because in the army, chow is life. Like you want good, hot chow. When you come home from a hard day of working and she's got an amazing meal, it's like, hell yes, absolutely worth it. But I think to the other point though, I don't think men really get a lot of gifts. No, I can change that. I feel free. Wait. For me, though, like she's asked me that, like, what do you want for Christmas? And I, I have to agree with what you say as well, though, as far as like it's the small things. Mm-hmm. I think it's the small things that like you said, when you're at the store and you say I was thinking of you when I was younger, I would not be thinking like that. Now that I'm older, it's like because it means more. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a, a handwritten card or something you made out of whatever. And it's just like, no, that because I would keep that. The photos you took for me in the Polaroid, they weren't inappropriate. They were very beautiful photos. And I have them in my nightstand because I appreciate the fact that you took time mm-hmm. to say, like, think birthday. of me. It was for my birthday. She was holding a cake. and It was it was really sweet. Aww. And I appreciated that you did that. And the Polaroid was a very nice touch. And uh, no, I think stuff like that really resonates a lot more. But like when you're younger, would you two be saying the same thing now? 
Yes. I, yeah. I think, really? Yeah. Really? I've no, I love nice things, like I said, because of the quality, mm-hmm. but I don't need them. Mm-hmm. I would rather, I've always wanted that love. Okay. That sincere, genuine love. And So yes. you're telling me right now, if we if we were wound mm-hmm. back to when you were 25, said, Chris, you can either have this Dolce & Gabbana $10,000 purse. Right. Or this handwritten note from. Handwritten note. I think you're full of it. Nope. I think you're full Being of crap. The way I, was, <laughs> like, no. I don't know. Genuine is. is no, that's fine. I, I believe you. I just think that I know for me, a much younger man, it would be it'd be so different. Versus mm-hmm. like I don't know. I just when I look back at my life, and I know you do this too. Mm-hmm. It's just it's incredible to see how far you come as a, and you grow as a person. I was on the phone with my cousin this morning and. She's been through a lot. You know, I love her to death. Wonderful person. She called to congratulate us about the engagement. And we got to talking about her situation. She has a special needs child and it's very difficult for her. You know, she's up in New York. Uh, the prizes up there are just insane. Insane. Her husband works in sanitation. I think it's sanitation. And uh, she's just like, it, it's so difficult. It's like, it is hell on earth here because, you know, the prices are so freaking high. Gas is insane. The housing market's insane. And I think they live in a, uh, a, 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 a like a two bedroom house. And it's like eight nine hundred thousand dollars for two bedrooms in New York. Yeah. And so, but the the reason I say that though, I told her it's just like, you know, you're gonna go through a lot because I think it's it's ultimately to test you and turn you into the person that you're supposed to be. Cause then you can turn around and probably raise your child with a really good example, or you can be an example to other people. I mean, you don't know who's watching you. Agreed. But I do feel like to the other point though, like when we look back at our past and see where we're at now, it's like, man, I was an idiot. It's like I'm still kind of an idiot, but right. I look at how far I've come and it's like, I can't wait to see who I'm going to be when I'm 50. I, I can't wait to see who that person's going to be. And you're hungry for that. <laughs> you're hungry for change. You're hungry for growth. A lot of people aren't nowadays and they say yeah. in that, well, you know, back to how we were raised. Mm-hmm. So they choose to be lazy and they choose to stay there. What do you think is one of the most attractive features about a man? <sighs> taking initiative, taking, taking lead. Really? Yeah. Oh what about, yeah. What about Love you? It. I mean, I would say lead to, but I just like a per, a natural protector mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Those um, the most attractive yeah. things, attractive qualities. Like, yeah, I would say some. I think we covered this yesterday, but like voicing your opinions, being able to stand um, on your own, mm-hmm. not uh, being afraid of what other people think of you. Just really strong sense of self is very important to me. Um, and then someone that is, has like a hunger for knowledge that wants to continue to grow. So um, is intellect attractive in a man? Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody wants a box of rocks like you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's the show opener right there. Nobody yeah. wants a box of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you think intellect is attractive in yeah, a man. So give sure. me some examples then. If, if, if a man wanted to impress you, mm-hmm. if you were single again and a man went and he took you out on a date mm-hmm. um, and what we, how would he showcase his intellect? Oh my gosh. You know what I love? He my husband is the type, say we're all in a room right here, and you're beautiful, absolutely beautiful. He would not stare at you. Mm-hmm. He would not comment about how gorgeous you are. Mm-hmm. He would not, he'd give more of attention to John more than you. Yeah. Which I think is, that's, that's probably, probably that's the best yeah. standard. It is yeah. so rare. But let me ask you this then. <clears throat> I agree with that. But now afterwards, if you asked him, hey, did you think she was attractive? Do you think he'd give you an honest answer? No. You know why? 
I've meant I've done this before. Really? And it's always like, I'm not answering that. I don't care about her. I care yeah. about you. That's always his response. That's, that's actually a really good answer. That's a good response. answer. I'm not looking like at her. All right, bub, you're off the hook. You're off the hook. I'm not looking at her. I'm looking at you. No, but I see, I kind of, I, I agree with that. But, you know, if she'd asked me, do you think she's attractive? Like, yeah, I think she's pretty. I was like, do I want to bang her? No. I was like, right. I'm with you. I love you. I was like, you're the one I've chosen. You're the one I want. But I also feel like that's. There's a reason why you're asking that. And you're right, fishing. Exactly. Why are you fishing? You found that person attractive and mm-hmm. maybe you feel a little insecure. Right. So you're wanting someone to affirm you or boost you. Mm-hmm. And then it can start an argument. So. Well, that's also why I feel like men have to establish really good boundaries because there are women that do that. There they you. do that. And it also, I'm glad you said that it comes from a place of insecurity. It does. The way you, your guy answers that that's dead on the money. Yeah. It's like, that's a very good answer because you also know it's like, if I was asking that question to her, like, did you think that guy was really attractive? It's like, why would you be asking that? Right. That's his what response. What are you fishing for? So, so I'm used to, and the reason, and I've read about this in psychology school, I'm used to men staring at me mm-hmm. with their woman. I'm mm-hmm. used to DMs. I'm used mm-hmm. to comments. So in my head, I'm starting to think, is every man the same? Yeah. You think my man thinks like that? Right? Mm-hmm. So... That's where my insecurity comes from. And I'm used to abandonment. Mm. I'm used to not loving. So I get afraid of him leaving. Was that hard for you in the beginning of your relationship? It still is. Really? We just had, we just had this talk last night or mm-hmm. the night before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm a little insecure. Just you to were talking to him about this. Oh, yeah. I think that's a very good thing. Yeah. Like we have discussions right. about very, that's very good that you communicate so right. openly in that. And I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but you make some really good points here that the fact that he seems like he's so much of a leader that you can come to him with insecurities and he's not going to let it affect him. He's like, I'm secure, right. but if you're not, come to me and let's talk. Right. I'll be that. And I feel the same way for a woman. If a guy is having these issues, he should be able to go talk to his woman. And there's a lot of men that will disagree with that. They're like, no, men should keep their emotions to themselves. It's like, in some ways, yes. I was like, but if that's your woman, right. she should be your best friend and you should be completely honest with her. And I'm not saying they're going and crying to her all the time and whining, but if he's got issues that he needs help with, it's like, babe, it's like, I'm feeling this way. I just, it comes from that saying behind every great man is an gr- even greater woman. Right. So I feel like a lot of men close themselves off even from their woman. And if you do that, who do you have? Like, who do you have to go to? I think men are so used to shelling everything down Mm -hmm. and bottling it up. And if you look at it, what emotional outlets do men have? We jerk off. I mean, that's literally video it. games. They can <laughs> right. scream during the video game or during sports. Whoa, whoa! No, I, know I don't do that. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard. I, I, was I like do that during political debates. Memory. That's different. Yeah. I do that during political debates. I don't right. do that during video games. But to be fair, they're politics. These guys are idiots, so I got to scream right. at them. Otherwise, they won't know how angry I am. So yeah. <laughs> but it was like socially not acceptable for men to really voice emotions until recently, mm-hmm. and now we're like, we want you to come forward. We want you to. <clears throat> express yourself but for some people it do you think we've gone too far with that do you think we've like you know because the pendulum never swings center mass it always goes either one way too far or the other way too far have you seen the things about the sassy man apocalypse or whatever no no about how like men are getting sassier because now they're able to express themselves more and then it's just kind of a little off-putting for certain women which i agree the fact that you even lump sassy and man in the same sense is like sounds gay I mean, I'm just, right? I'm just, just saying being like overly emotional and okay. just like you don't want a woman that's overly emotional. Right. Mm-hmm. I always like try to rein it in when I right. feel like I'm being emotional. I'm like, are you being realistic? Like, is this really 
what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then if I really need to, then I'll like seek counsel with you or just like talk to my mom. Or no, you pretty much close off and then I have to pry it out of you. Cause I'm you, tr- on that. you are, I will give you that, yeah. but you, I can always tell, I can always yeah, tell but if you. something is like really bothering me, <clears throat> right. I will come to you. Oh yeah. Of but course, it's like, yeah. I try to, maybe if I'm closed off, it's because I'm trying to deal with it myself because I'm thinking about all the stressors that you have right. and I'm not trying to be a burden on you. So at first I'm going to like, but I never view it as a burden. But it'd I be different. Conscious. No, I understand. But yeah. I think sometimes you overthink that because yeah. I feel like, say, for example, I've got 20. That's, oh man, there's so much to break down on this one. I don't have a lot of friends and it's not because I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is partial, because, but I have like three good friends that I will expend energy on because that's a relationship. That is a relationship. A friendship is a relationship. So when I have a friend that's feeling down or he needs to talk, I'm going to be like, bro, come talk to me. I'm, I'm here to listen for you. Right. But if you've got 20 Muldoons, that's a lot of energy because right. that, that pulls it out of you. But when you come to me, it doesn't match that category. It's like, you're mine. Right. You matter most. And I want you to come to me. It's never a burden for me. I think it's a protection thing. For I get me. it. Like yeah. I'm protecting you. But I'm not asking you to yeah. do that. You're doing that of your own free will. And I, to me, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like the message it sends to me is I understand that you want to preserve my energy, mm-hmm. but I am not so thin skinned or mentally weak that your problems are going to suddenly drag me down because they're not. Don't you do the same <clears throat> for me, though? Yeah, you but haven't come to me. But that's also part of to protect me that's also part of the protection. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. It is right. hypocritical of me because <laughs> I do feel that way. So I love it, guys. Well, no, it's one of those <laughs> things of like you know when she when she first got with me, I had to tell her it's like, look, I'm not the typical dude. It's like when you get with me, you're gonna get a lot of hate online. And it's like because of my political opinions. She's gotten that. She's been on the blunt end of that. It's like it's different. It's not a typical relationship. I'm your friend and I hear a lot of hate <clears throat> shit about you. Oh, so. yeah, well, absolutely. He's a racist. He's all, yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. But that's part of it. So I do feel like an innate need to say, I want to keep you separate from that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is kind of like, you know, I've had stalkers. We have Nassim. I don't know if she's going to call oh, in God. ever again. She's from Iran. <laughs> and somebody was DMing her pretending to be me for years, I guess. And she, I guess she gave him upwards of like $50,000. Oh, my God. How, I don't know if that's true or not because she's from Iran. Women don't get money over there. So I don't know. Right. But not that type. But if you look at the American dollar compared to their currency, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah. but she went after Sheila. Pig whore, you <laughs> pig whore. But it's stuff oh like this. God. It's like okay. I don't want her to have to deal with that because it's bullshit. Right. So there's a lot of things I don't want to tell her about. It's like, oh yeah, I got a DM from another stalker or whatever. Right. So it's kind of like if it's serious enough, yeah, I'll tell her. But if it's not, like I don't want to tell you that because it's like, what is that gonna, what is that gonna accomplish? Right. So that's that's why I feel that way sometimes. But then there are times it's like, hey this bitch be crazy. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But the other part that we were talking about though, as far as communication, you were talking about the fear of abandonment and you went to him with that. How did that go? It went well. So he's more like, he abandoned me. (laughs) He bottles everything up and he, he, I mean, military and having a man raise him, their feelings, you know, he bottled up those feelings. And, um, so, at first, it was really hard in our marriage because I love to communicate everything. I want him to know how I'm feeling every single time. And he's, you know, so he has learned to be a listener and a communicator as well. So it went really well. Um, he knew this about me from mm. the get-go because I was super hormonal when I was pregnant. So I was like, wow, you must think she's pretty or look oh, at you. Oh, you're one of those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me at least you can admit it. At least you can admit I, it. I, can, I mean, I have nothing to fucking lose. You poor yeah. bastard. <laughs> he was, it was bad. So 
Did so, you at least acknowledge that to him and say, look, I'm a raging crazy woman when I'm pregnant. They're like, did you? No, I didn't. How would she know that? No, I'm talking about like, she has oh, two. Oh, okay, you're right. Okay, I was yeah. in denial. Oh, wait, no. You had them both at the same time then if they're twins. I had one for C6 and I have the twins that are four. Oh, so you got three kids. I have three kids. Oh, I thought you meant two. No, I have oh, three. Okay. So, so you, had, you had your first and you had two after. Right. Okay. A year after. So <clears throat> here I am. We're wow. getting to know each other as well because, I mean, come on. Yeah, because got, you're, you said that was six months into your relationship right, you got pregnant. Right. And you're still really getting to know three each months, other. Sorry. Three months in our relationship, six months married. Six months in, we got okay, married. Okay. Because I wanted to bring the baby into the world with, you know. Good mother. Yeah. Right. So here I am hormonal and um, he knew that about me. So, but this was really bugging me lately. I don't know why. The abandonment stuff? The abandonment, not knowing my father. Um, I don't know what it is. So just Do you think the holidays might be triggering? Because I know for some people it can because then they reflect on, you know, seeing a nuclear your, family. Well, seeing your daughter like grow up and seeing the interactions. Um, maybe that might be a little triggering. And then also the holiday season coming up. So you might be reflecting on your own life. Right. So it can be bringing up some of those emotions, right. those old wounds. And it just sucks though. Cause yeah, it was, it's pure insecurity. The good because thing I is mean, you identify it. Yeah. Right. The I'm, first step is acknowledging seeing where, and then I would see where it stems from. And you certainly can't blame yourself for having those feelings because you mm-hmm. can't control them. I mean, right. you can only control what you allow them to do to you. Right. But he but knew something was wrong and he was like, what is going on with you? Because I'm questioning everything, everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I told How him. How long had this been going on for? A week now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I mean, it's recent. <clears throat> it's just two days ago. So I'm like, why did you am ever, I so insecure? Did you figure out what it was, what it stemmed from? I know what it stems from. Okay. Um, but the fact that you could go to him and communicate that, that was, that's. It's right, awesome right. that you have a partner that you can do that with that's not going to like kind of brush you off or make you feel like your your feelings don't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just got to remember who I am. And being a fit influencer or fitness, you know, whatever, um, you see these women and you're like, oh, is he staring at, you know, it starts to mind fuck you. Mm-hmm. And um, you start to think and think and think and then overthinking and just pulls up. It'll destroy a relationship. Right. It so, certainly will. And I know that. So mm-hmm. I put myself in check and I talked to him about it and I was like, I hate feeling this way. I'm super sorry. I know it's not you. Cause he's done nothing ever to question, to make mm-hmm. me question his loyalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I good. always remind myself, um, death by comparison, right? So you completely just, you shouldn't compare yourself to anybody else. Right. Cause it really <clears> just, um, it feels like as women though, that's one of the biggest things y'all have to deal with on social media is death by comparison. Cause nowadays, it feels like, yeah. it feels like it's women versus women out there. And <laughs> Nobody hates women worse than women. Because they're so easy now. Yeah. And also, like, you have to, when you've been in the fitness industry, like, I'm a firm believer nearly everybody has body dysmorphia. Right. Whether it's, like, bigotitis or, like, I need to lose two inches off my waist or I need, like, two inches on my quads. Like, you become so obsessed. Right. And... It's taxing and tolling because you're putting in the work every day. Right. And then you're not seeing the change at the rate that you expect your body to be operating at. So you just beat yourself up more than the average person. Yeah, I agree. OnlyFans. Ugh. We talked about this prior to the show. I told you to save it because I want to save it for the podcast. I, I sincerely feel like OnlyFans is huge right now. But I feel there is going to be a downward trend um, we've seen stories circulate now about when children are going to school and their mothers are on OnlyFans and these kids are in middle school and high school and their, their, their mother's nude pictures are being shared around the classroom. What kind of psychological damage do you think that's doing to that child? <clears throat> so much. 
Yeah, so it's unfortunate, much. very unfortunate and embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Not something that anyone's going to forget. I mean, you can think of something that happened to anybody in elementary and they like carry that on with them for so long. It's tra- it can be trauma. Mm-hmm. Basically that or they can grow up to want to be just like their mom. Yeah. Like, oh, well, my mom, you know, is independent, independent. Is that is that what you think the the allure of it is, is the, the supposed independent, the financial independence? Yeah, because every only any woman half naked on the Internet I see now is the caption. I always like know your worth. I love my body. And here's my butthole. Right. <laughs> be who you want to be, yeah. you know. And it's it's just not the answer. It's really not. You're just selling your soul. Have like, what are some down? If you had, let's just say, look, there was a younger woman here sitting in the room with us, and she said, "I was contemplating starting an OnlyFans." What would you tell her? We'll start with Sheila. What would, what would you tell her? I would say to weigh your options. I would ask her why, and then if she says finances, I would say to weigh your options because this is something that might potentially devalue you mm-hmm. and uh, potential prospects. So you want to think about not short term. You want to think about the long game. So right now, this might be a uh, immediate solution for your problems. But in the future, if a potential prospect finds out about this, they're not going to really it, it could it could be bad news and it could ruin certain um, opportunities, whether it be business or relationships. So right. I would just like highlight some of those things for them. And then I would probably try to help them find either a career or something else that can get them side money. Or I would just like recommend a lot of other things they could do for money. What about you, Chris? I'd say the same thing. Um, Like I said, be who you're looking for is looking for. So think of your life, you know, five years from now, Mm -hmm. what do you want it to look like? Because a lot of you guys are saying that it's, Oh, I'm doing it for side money for school to get me through school. Okay. Well, what about that job? What happens when you get interviewed? Mm-hmm. And during that time, where you're morally just screwed. You have no morals. Mm-hmm. If you're that easy, I mean, how are you going to present yourself at work? Are you hardworking? Nope. You took the easy way out. So let's reverse this then. Would you ever date a man with OnlyFans? No. Why is that? I don't want people seeing my partner like that. And I would be embarrassed. I feel like you should be proud of your partner. Right. And I would just feel like it kind of tainted him in a way. I do, uh, to an extent, I do care like what people might think of my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I would feel proud of having someone like that on my arm. Mm-hmm. No way. I feel like, and vice versa, I feel like a man, a real man wouldn't want to show off their woman on social media. What's mm-hmm. theirs is theirs. And your body is a temple, I feel. So mm-hmm. are y'all religious? Like one. Uh, yes, okay. we're Christian. Okay. Um, we're very non-judgmental, though. Like, oh, you can't do that. That's sinning. Yeah. No. It's none of your business, yeah. Do yeah. what you want. Same. But it's your life. <clears throat> and if that's what you want your life to look like and represent, by all means. Mm-hmm. But your daughter's going to see it. I mean, everyone's going to see it. I so. can't imagine how some of these children are going to be when they grow up and they see nude pictures of their mother, their mother. doing all kinds of stuff. And it's just like, uh, I, <laughs> right. I, I, just the impact on their, their brain. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But I, I understand the appeal. It's not having to work. You just post some photos and it's kind of like, who do you blame on this? Do you blame men for consuming the content or the women giving the content that they men, they know men want as far as like, because men are very sexual. Men are very sexual creatures. Not saying women aren't either though, but it does like, who's at fault here? I think both. I think both. I mean, supply and demand, right? So you have to have a market to create something like this. But um, I just think that as society, as time goes by, 
society's like values are just diminishing more and more. I was going to ask you that. So these like standards that we once had where like if you were ever to do like porn or anything like that, absolutely not. But now it's just like "Mm, OnlyFans isn't the same, right? right? That's yeah. It's like now you're negotiating with yourself. It's like I'm going to quit smoking after these next cigarettes. Like sure, sure. Mm And so how much are you willing to negotiate with yourself? And exactly. then you're going to start negotiating morals. And then you're going to have a little bit more leeway every time. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're going to look in the mirror and I don't Will you be proud of that? Mm-hmm. Not only in a relationship, though, do, but do you ever, and I had, I had a scenario where I had to drop a friend. She mm-hmm. was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say names. But we went to go help her with her land and to work on a bridge and I'm a worker as well. Help my husband, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Y'all went to go work on a bridge? On a, uh, Sorry, on their land. So they bought land yeah. and they wanted to build a bridge. And my husband said, well, I'll go. What kind of bridge are we talking here? Uh, you know, like a wooden. Oh, wood. okay. I'm saying like, like, what the hell? You So you're a heart surgeon and <laughs> in practice now. Now you're building right? bridges like you're a freaking engineer. Well, I'm very athletic. So I'm, <laughs> <all about helping laughs> I'm thinking whatever. like bricks. I'm like, mind. damn, good <laughs> so, for y'all. Good for your husband. Right? I'm I couldn't build anything to save my life. I can destroy you. You can ask her. I can fuck anything up. You made the shed. The chicken shed. That came like you just got a screw. That, that still, and still then the perugula. Stop doing it. Don't even get me started on that stupid thing. Well, you built it. Yeah, fair enough. Guys. Still. No, there's a difference in, <laughs> in prefab. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're building a bridge. Sorry. You're building a bridge. Thank you, Sheila. Okay. So, <laughs> it's my I show. Up. I do what I want. Get out. No, and I'm kidding. I show up and I want to know what you think because mm-hmm. I show up and I'm wearing jeans, cowboy boots, and, you know, work attire. Mm-hmm. She shows up in crop top, Daisy Dukes. And I mean, it's uncomfortable for me. Did she do OnlyFans? No. Okay. Very, very, she says that she's very Christian and and she, you know, she likes to look good for her husband. Great. I don't mind that. But Mm -hmm. how would you feel? How would you feel if I showed up today, right? Mm -hmm. And I just wore some little, you know. Mm. I think with your situation would be different. One, I wouldn't appreciate that. But two, um... It's a different situation because you're there to do manual work. Exactly. So is, is this even a functional outfit? But and even then. Who are you doing it for? But yeah. even if we go out, for, even yeah. if we're double dating, right? And yeah. we go out and Sheila, I show up in Daisy Dukes. I'm yeah. bending over. Oops, yeah. I yeah. dropped You know what something. you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you doing it for your husband or are you doing it for you? Are you, right. is there, is or are you doing it for somebody you? else? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I ask myself and I ask my husband, am I the insecure one? Am I the jealous one? Because she is beautiful and she is wearing that. So, so what if she's confident in her body? I think that she is creating a very uh, potentially toxic situation. Right. Because Maybe they were trying to bait you. Like, oh, yeah, that could be it. It's like, hey, my up. husband and I, I noticed you from across the bar. You got a good vibe. It could have been that. No, I asked too when I was her friend, are you into that? Because I'm not. Oh, so. God. So that was already clarified before. Right. Here's this pineapple. Oops, it's upside down. Oh, my gosh. Gross. That's that's the signal. I saw a TikTok the other day. It was, uh, they were in an RV trailer park and one of them had an upside down pineapple hanging from the ladder. It's like, well, I guess if you're into like three teeth, yeah, go for it. So I don't know. <laughs> no, no. The couple was literally ships. walking by and showing that. And they were just yeah. kind of like, you know, I was like, ooh. On cruise ships, they'll get little yeah. um, upside down pineapple pins mm-hmm. or something like decor just to for wear. Did you know this? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On cruise ships, they have swinger cruises and stuff. And then on normal cruises. Think was it you and I were talking about this? I don't know. I forget where it was, but it's like yeah, the pineapple thing. If it's upside down, or they wear pineapple T-shirts, that's the hey, we're swingers. Well, now I know because I'm going on a cruise in October. Yeah. So I'll bring some pineapples. Or maybe they just like the <laughs> shit, <laughs> right? Whore. Just <laughs> she's a freaking whore. <laughs> Liar. We were just making a fruit salad, you perverts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to go back to your, your your topic though, when she shows up in like that, and I'm saying boundaries. Yeah, yeah. That's just one of those things like. 
a boundary as a couple saying, I don't think I want to associate with them anymore. Because right. even as a guy, if I was in that situation, it'd be like, yeah, men are attracted to women or straight men are attracted to women. We like boobs. We like butt. We like whatever. And if a woman is dressing provocatively like that, it can cause lustful thoughts. And it's like, I don't want to be exposed to that because that is just, it's grounds for nothing good coming from it. So it's like, I would rather distance myself from that. It'd be no different than a dude showing up shirtless, chiseled, got like some, I don't know if he's going to wear Daisy Dukes or not. I don't know what the hell he's wearing. Gray sweatpants. Men don't. Okay. I guess that's the only lingerie men have is yeah. gray sweatpants because we don't have the options kidding, women right? do. You have two erogenous zones. We have one. <laughs> so it's like, what do you do with this thing? You like wrap a ball around that motherfucker. And it's like, surprise. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing men can do. And you've told me like, you know, wear a speedo that ain't happening. But right. floss does not feel good. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was like, I'll helicopter that motherfucker for you, but that's about it. All it's going to be. But, but to the other, to the other point though, it's just like, if that woman is going to create that type of environment, that means disengaged that because nothing good can come from this. Number one, she doesn't respect her man enough to not dress like that. And then the other part is he allows it. Right. And it's not a matter of like, you can't do that. It's just like, I'm not going to be with a woman that dresses like that because that makes me uncomfortable. Right. And we've had this conversation to where it's like, if we're out in public and you're wearing something very provocative and some dude comes up and hits on you and I would never subscribe to the ideology of like, you deserve it. Right. But it's like, you can't sit there and bait your hook and expect dudes not to bite, especially if I'm not there. Right. So and I told her from day one, it's like, I don't think women understand. You're now putting your boyfriend slash husband slash whatever in a very difficult situation now to where he's got to come in and defend you but you're already in the wrong. Right. Now, I'm not saying, let me rephrase that. You kind of invited that. And I know women don't agree with mm -hmm. that, but it's like, look, when men are into boobs and you're showing your boobs, right. you can't get upset when a man looks. It's like, well, stop sexualizing women. It's like, that's not how it works. And you don't get to dictate that to men. Right. That's how men are. We like the boobies. As a matter of fact, there's restaurants dedicated to boobies. Right. So it's just like, if you know this is how men are, it feels like to me, a lot of feminists are trying to like change how men are. Mm -hmm. It's like, you shouldn't be attracted to that. It's like, what do you want me to be, like, be gay? Like, right. what, what the hell do you want from us? Mm -hmm. So it feels like when women create that environment and they know it's very hypersexualized and a man walks into it, it's like, yeah, the, the temptation is there. I mean, right. cr even Christ was tempted in the desert. So when people do that in that situation, it'd be like, I think it's time to go. Right. I think it's time to go because this is very inappropriate. Did you stay or how long were you all there for? I was <clears throat> irritated. We were there for about two hours. And then oh, afterwards I mentioned to him, like, I, she's either insecure. She's hiding something because this whole time she's like, I'm so godly and da, da, da. And we clicked. <laughs> I'm so godly. Right, like, we here we are. Together, yeah. But even then the red flag was her dressing the way she did mm -hmm. provocatively in the gym so that's another red flag for me mm -hmm. that's another reason why i don't have a lot of women female friends because we just don't have the same standards same boundaries mm -hmm. same respect so yeah and i cut it off i yeah. said hey she said why haven't you talked to me i said honestly i i don't feel like you're genuine i feel like you're fake mm -hmm. and i'm just not okay with that yeah. now that i'm probably sure she loved me. you for that well <laughs> she's yeah are y'all friends at all now or she's kind of like well you're done no she's best friends with someone who hates you so oh, oh, that's, yeah, that's a telltale sign no. oh yeah. yeah um but moral of the story is i'm not i'm not talking about only fans as well or in the gym as well but outside of the gym mm -hmm. what kind of woman are you mm -hmm. and what are you representing you know what what are you looking for because mm -hmm. clearly you're looking for something else clearly clearly so, yeah. that's sad to hear that but the uh the only fans thing I think we're on the we're going to hit that cap and I think more people are going to start coming out and saying this has been very detrimental to life. It's kind of like the transgender thing to where there's being there's more and more people detransitioning coming out saying I was lied to. I I have ruined myself. I have ruined my life all because of this this reality that I was sold, this bill of goods that was not actually real. Right. 
And it's kind of like, I feel like OnlyFans is the same way. It's like, here's this instant money. There are some women that make really good money on it. Right. Really good money. But it's, it's just like, well, eventually you're going to get old. So hopefully right. you can squirrel enough away or invest it. But also, like, I would never date a woman with an OnlyFans. Like, I just, I wouldn't do it. It's like, I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like if you're willing to give yourself over and show yourself to the public, <clears throat> um, like, I, I just feel like there's, you don't value yourself at all. It's kind of like it's free for everybody. I so then where's some, the value? Yeah. I know that some people say that it's liberating to be able or freeing to dress provocative mm -hmm. or to have these type of careers because they don't care about um, the social norm or they don't care about fitting in. Mm. So that's another take on it. That some people feel like it, it's empowering. Mm -hmm. I don't see the empowerment and just either. giving men what they want. It's mm -hmm. like, how is that empowering? This is a lot about you, though, too. If that's, yeah. what, you, if that's what you want a wife, you know. There's a difference, and I've, I've told people regularly on the show, it's just like there's a difference in a woman that I would have sex with versus a woman that I would marry. A woman for sex, and women feel the same way about men, I would, I would think, to where it's just like, yeah, if you're out there on a Friday night and you're looking to get lucky, it's like, yeah, I would, I would go home with her because I find her very attractive. Would I marry her? No, because I just don't feel like she would be a good woman to bring into my home and bring me peace and bring me all this stuff. Instead, it would be... I don't know, crazy, like wild energy versus like that's someone ultimately the thing I love most about you is like, it's peace. There's mm -hmm. peace in the house. It's nice. And nobody screws with that. Right. And when you find that, it's like, I feel like we talked, like when you get older, your priorities definitely shift. I don't want a house full of drama. I don't want a house full of chaos. I want a house that I can go home to and say, I love how like, half the time we're just like, well, let's just go home and chill. It's like, yeah, let's go home and watch some movies and eat pizza mm -hmm. on the couch. It's right. like, yeah. I love that. And for me, my kids are watching. Yeah, Mom yeah. Mom and dad are not fighting. Yeah. Mom and dad are being affectionate, being loving. My daughter sees me cook and clean, and she wants to help as well. Yeah. So it's those little things. Dustin's always worked. My husband's Dustin. He's, you know, working on the car or working on the lawn, whatever, and the boys will want to jump in. Mm -hmm. It's Their yeah. kids are also watching. Yeah. So... Yeah. I remember being like that with my parents before my dad took off and I was like, I can't wait to mow the grass and I turn eight and then I'm doing it for the rest of my freaking life. Oh my yeah, that was, no, I actually enjoy cutting the grass. Cutting the grass is nice and liberating. All right, we're coming up on an hour and 12 minutes. Is there anything else that y'all wanted to bring up and discuss on the show before we end this thing? Over to you. Is there anything else that you want to talk about and bring up that you've been pressing on your mind? Because you've been, you've been meaning to come on the show for a while now, now that you're here, it's like, let's... It was the only fans that was bugging me as well because it's a rarity that you find women that think like us. Mm -hmm. So it w it's nice to have a conversation, to be able to talk about these things with a woman that has standards and boundaries and, and just self-worth. Mm -hmm. It's just real self-worth. And so the OnlyFans thing was just... It doesn't seem like there's a lot of women me. on social media that take that position, though, because you feel like if you posted something like you just said on your... You get a your, lot of hate. It's about to say, you get, why is that? Women are like, you're just jealous. You're <laughs> just jealous. I, am I, though? Because I'm no. not ugly. I'm confident that I'm not ugly. I can get on social media and show everything. What, for what, to what extent is that just worth it? Is it worth it? Well, I feel like that's what social media has done though. It, it's created, and I've, I've been addicted to it too. Before you start to kind of understand and wake up, it's like, I don't need validation from people I don't know. True. It's like, I do love showing off our tango. I love, because mm -hmm. for me, that's like progress. That's like, I love going back to our older videos and see how we've we've come in this year and a half we've been dancing. I love that. Like, And I love going around the world and taking good pictures. To me, it's like a photo album. It's like, I remember this. I remember this. But I feel like a lot of people, though, and I, I was guilty of this, it's that how many likes can you get? How many comments? How much praise? And half the time, I don't even read comments. There's no point because you're going to get hate. You're going to get, and, you know, you get a lot of praise. But it's like if that's what it takes to inflate your ego and your self-worth, mm -hmm. you're hollow. 
Right. You've got to fill that void with something that is tangible, that is meaningful. Social media ain't it. That is not it. And that's why I feel like maybe a lot of these women are addicted to that on OnlyFans or they're addicted to doing that kind of stuff, showing that kind of stuff off because it, it fills a void that maybe they just don't have filled with anything in their real life. It's right. little dopamine hits. <clears throat> yeah, right, yeah. You know. What do you think that's going to do for the brain, though, over a long period of time? Because, I mean, social media is an addiction. Yeah. It makes you stupid. Think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're filling your brain with just attention, like who likes and follows, like... Mm-hmm. People that don't care about you. No, they don't. I've made that point so many different times. Like I used to love Milo Yiannopoulos. He was a big political guy back in like 2015, 2016. He got banned and everything. and Nobody cares. Nobody knows who he was now. Everybody's forgotten about him. And it's just kind of like, you need to understand that. It's like, if you're banned tomorrow, nobody gives a shit. Like they're not going to come looking for you. Right. It's just the way it is. I mean, I've rebuilt like, I don't know how many followings now because I keep getting banned. But it's one of those things of just like, you've got to understand what it is. And the other thing is like celebrity worship that I don't get. It's like, so-and-so died. Oh my God. It's like, bro, they didn't even know you existed. Why do you give a damn? Like, seriously, this, this, I don't know. Like idolization is just incredible to me. I don't understand it. If anybody were to ever ask me, Oh my God, who would you, you know, if you had one day with a celebrity, who would it be? No one. I don't even, I think (laughs) like have, so one of the big, and you'll appreciate this. Um, one of my biggest influencers growing up in the fitness industry is Robin Dana Lynn. Okay. And then I was on my way to Body Power. They were flying me out to go speak at an event and they were in line next to me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Robin Dandelay. Trying not to freak out. And then I'm walking up and Rob looks at me and goes, bro, I fucking love your videos. And I'm like, I'm going to shit myself right now. Excuse me. No. And then Dana, she turned around and was like, oh my God, I love your stuff. And it was, it was so just kind of like, wow. But then when you start to kind of associate with those kinds of people, And I've talked to Rob a few times and it's one of those that your idols suddenly become your rivals. And then you realize the sky's the fucking limit. It's like, there is nobody that is better than me unless I allow them to be. And so it kind of knocks people down a peg to understand. It's like, you know, they have problems just like you do. Maybe a little bit different in a sense. Maybe they're having to deal with something you don't know. It's like, but we are all human beings on this planet. Social media gives a perception. And I feel like it's just a massive keeping up with the Jones. It's a massive lie. It's a massive... What about ism in a sense? It's like, how, how can we make people believe that our life is just rainbows and puppy dog farts? Right. It's just like the highlight reel of somebody's life. Yeah. Right. I so. can't tell you how many times I've met people in real life that I followed on social media and I've just been kind of, and I, maybe some of it's my fault because you, you kind of build this house of thoughts around who they are as a person right. and then you meet them and it's just like you're not what I expected no nope. you're not what I expected in fact you're a lot less of what I expected this is not what you present on social media this is different I'm talking about showing up and going to dirty houses and it's like wow I didn't expect that from you right. um, just various different things like that so it's just it's very interesting that social media has its own bubble and then you meet these people and it pops the bubble yeah. but I will say like Rob and Dana that we're very authentic and genuine in real life it was nice to see that he's so cool he's he so raw and blunt and um, I tried to get him yeah. into politics he was like we were talking on Instagram he's like man I'm not going to divulge that conversation but I was just like bro whenever you're ready to take that step yeah. come on sure come on for will. freedom because he was during COVID Rob was like walking that line and I'm just like come on dude come on if they're going to hate you, let them hate you. Right. Stand for freedom. And he was. He, he was he was very subtly kind of putting those notes out there. And I'm like, just jump in and say, fuck it. Flagner <laughs> fail. Fuck right? it, bro. Do it. Do it. And I think by and large, a lot of people would have supported him. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of people out there. It's like, well, I don't want to get COVID die. It's right. like, yeah, 99% chance you won't. But okay, whatever. So, but no, I, I did. I do respect them a lot. They've created something phenomenal. It's like, they're the ones I was telling you about. Big uh, clothing empire. Um, 
She was Miss Olympian. She was like, wasn't she the first? Yes, she was the first oh, women's wow. physique. She was the first women's physique, and she looked incredible. Like, right. she was one, like, and she's very talented. She's actually a fitness. She played soccer. Like, she was actually one of those people growing up. It's like, no, they're into fitness. They're not just juicing and bodybuilding. Right. It's like, no, they are into fitness, mm-hmm. which was nice to see. It right. was really nice to see that. And he believed in her. He saw something in her and just started videoing her, and she just started blowing up. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. I do remember an interview he talked about. He's like, once she won the Olympia, there were no magazine interviews. Nobody gave a damn. Right. He's like, we had to go out there and forge our own way. He's like, there you go. Right. He's like, don't expect opportunity to come drop in your lap. You've got to go out there and pursue it. There's no other way to be successful. It's yes. not going to just, the sky's part. Right. It's like, you are worthy of it. No, you got to go into that area of discomfort. That's where opportunity that's exists. I love being a part of the brand. Yeah. And I love that <clears throat> I just, rep- that's what I represent. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, kill everything. Progress <laughs> is everything. Wow. Literally. Like, like, escalate that really quickly I mean, how often yeah. are we like oh i don't want to do that i'm scared to do that no, no fuck it just fucking mm-hmm. do it and it, you mentally grow i did a mm-hmm. marathon for the f of it mm-hmm. i should just cuss but yeah and, you might as well I just, and it and it made me realize how how yeah um how do i say this like the limits of your body yes mm-hmm. and then some i mean you limitless yes and if more people would just get out of their fucking comfort zone mm-hmm. and just go for what they want then they can grow. I agree with mentally. that. I've done two. I did one on a broken foot unintentionally, there unintentionally. But I, I agree with you. When you push yourself in the fitness world, oh my God, you are capable of so much more than you realize, but it's your brain that's going to short on you. Have, I would say the majority of the time, it won't be your body. Your brain will quit before your body will. Right. And when people break through that barrier and they understand that, oh my God, the sky's the limit. The right. sky is the fucking limit. And it's, yeah, that's why I do miss the army though, because that mentality is instilled in everybody from day one. It's like the sky's the limit. You know, if you think it sucks doing five miles, we're running 10. It's like, right. and you're not quitting. You don't have an opportunity or you don't have a chance. And then you get used to that. You get accustomed to the, the mind fucks. And I'll end it with this. Like our old company commander, every Friday we go on a five mile run. And he had this thing he'd do with us to fuck with us that we'd be heading back to the company area. And then he'd do a left turn and we'd go do another three miles and be like, fuck. And people would want to quit. But it's like, you ain't quitting, dude, because everybody's looking. So you could bitch out. You could to quit. It's like, no. And so then you next thing you know, you're doing eight miles. And the next time we go out running, he might do like three miles out and then go back and we're doing two miles. You don't know. And so it was good because we trained ourselves to like withstand that mental fuckery that you do in your own head. It's like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Like, yes, you can turn your brain off and just fucking do it. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's another reason why I do like Flagner fail. I still have some of their OG shirts too, actually. The Henleys that I have, like I love those shirts. They're like from back in like 2015, I think. Right. So yeah, but all right. That wraps it up for today's episode. Sheila, thank you for coming back on. Chris, it's been a long time coming. Love to have you back. Thank you for coming on. Dustin, thank you for taking care of the kids at home. She can come on the show and do this. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you want to beat my ass. I really loved it. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's raw. Raw, which is it pretty raw? It's pretty raw. I think it's pretty You're tame pretty in comparison to like a lot of podcasts out there where they're they're getting like really raunchy and in depth on stuff. Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. I'm just kidding. I was like, oh, I'll wear a crop top to that one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear a crop top to that one, <laughs> folks. This is the last episode of uh, 2023. It took me. I was gonna say 2019. Um, 2023. I want to wish you all a very merry Christmas, a very very happy New Year. God bless you and your family. Stay safe this holiday season. We'll be right back on. I'm not sure what we're flying back on New Year's. Maybe we're the third. I guess whatever Maybe that Monday third, is. Yeah. The second. 
Well, yeah, yeah, I'll let you know on Twitter. Yeah, John Burke 39 on Twitter. You can check us out there. And then uh, we leave for Spain tomorrow. We're excited for that. And then uh, you'll yeah, we'll be taking our vacation. So again, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe on Rumble. If you could share the stream, or you can also download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are downloaded. Tell your friends about it. We greatly appreciate it. I hope you have a very, very wonderful and safe holiday season. May God richly bless you. Be with your family and your loved ones. And until next time, you stay savage, America.